0: The new year is a great time for all of us to make some easy changes to our personal hygiene routines to make them a little cleaner. That's where Native comes in. Native deodorant
1: checks a lot of boxes. Free of aluminum, parabens, and sulfates. Cruelty-free. 24-hour odor protection. Zero residue on skin application. And over 10 cents to choose from. My personal favorite is eucalyptus and mint. It just smells fresh and
0: clean. Gives me kind of a pep in my step. I know. I like the coconut and vanilla. It's sweet, but it's also beachy, and it's about Mm -hmm. to be zero degrees outside, but I'm going to be sweating up under my blanket. I'm going to be smelling (laughs) like a delicious... you're at the beach. Smelling like a beach. Native also offers sensitive and plastic-free options. The sensitive formula is made without baking soda for those with more sensitive skin, and the packaging on the plastic-free deodorant is made of 100% paperboard.
1: This year, up your personal hygiene routine with Native. Go to nativedio.com slash sinister. Or use promo code SINISTER at checkout and get 20% off your
0: first order. That's nativedeo.com slash sinister or use promo code SINISTER at checkout for 20% off your first order. Three hardy lighthouse keepers, one jagged island with a tough reputation. They were prepared for harsh weather and isolated conditions, but suddenly they all vanished. Did they simply succumb to harsh weather, or was it something more sinister to blame? This week's episode is The Flannan Isle Mystery. Up in the night, your heart fills with dread. Probably a murderer who wants you dead. It could be a ghost, a demon, or worse. You're the victim of a witch's curse. It's hopeless you're doomed. You'd call a priest if you could. You'd rather just listen to who Sinister how I
1: kill you? I was working on the outline earlier mm-hmm. and all of a sudden Ella comes in and goes, Mommy, do you wanna come watch this show with me? It's about a water monster. Uh-oh. And I go, oh, really? Is it, does it take place in Scotland? And she goes, yeah. <laughs> and I go, is it called a Kelpie? And I was like, am I writing about the exact same thing that you're <laughs> watching? It's some movie, uh, Emily, not Blunt, the other one. British mm. one. I can't think she's in it, but they're all in Scotland. This thing catches from an egg. It looks very cute. It looks like Littlefoot. They keep it Aww. in a bathtub. I don't know what happens at the end, but I was like, Wow, our worlds have really <laughs> just mind melded into one where Ella and I are just we're living
0: the same life, just in different She's like, Did you know what these sea monsters yeah, do? Yeah, and I'm like, they will yeah, suck you I into did. the depths. You're like, Why are you watching that? You're a child. <laughs> Uh, Well, this has gotten me, uh, I mean, i watched the movie. This this is not, contrary to popular belief, the movie The Lighthouse with Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson is not based on this incident. That is the vanishing 2018 Gerard Butler movie is based on this incident. Uh, But I did see The Lighthouse in theaters with Paris and... You know, it's like, we we were at the Tool concert last night, mm-hmm. and it's excellent. It is just, I would never choose to listen to that. And, like, the Lighthouse movie, excellent. I would never choose to watch it. We all have, you know what, they did very good at what they are trying to do. Crush it. Knocked it out of the park. Uh, the Vanishing, um, it's a little bit more uh, mainstream. Uh, it's kind of more of a thriller horror flick. Um they take their own interpretation of what happens here, but uh, anything with Gerard Butler, I'm down to watch, although he's clothed almost the whole time. so mm,
1: Well, that's a shame. They should have should have been an all nude cast. Why wasn't he wearing his 300? If you undies? ask me. Uh, well, thanks to Brooke Stanton for this topic. I had never heard about this, but as soon as I started reading about it, I was immediately intrigued by the whole story. For I sure. A good mystery. Even when I feel like Occam's Razor, we I probably can Piece together what happened, but it's still very eerie and uh mysterious. I have not seen the Gerard Butler film, you did tell me about it at dinner last night, so I know it from start to finish, and now I don't need to see it.
0: Uh, it was uh more violent than I imagined it would be, it so sounded put that like out there. A,
1: it sounded like that. It sounded like I feel like cliffs and moors just lend itself to violence in a lot of movies.
0: I guess in this case, it was
1: man on man, <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. You got a bunch of rocks. You yeah, like, natural weapons that just surround you. They're all ready to go. I guess and so. And once you
0: get trapped on an island for a long time, I think you start to go a little stir-crazy.
1: Yeah, yes. I um, it would, This and submarines, not jobs for me. Anything where I'm isolated, I'm not going to mm-hmm. do well at.
0: Yeah, especially the shape of this island being that it's not just you're in an island in the sea. You're, like, hundreds of feet above the water mm-hmm. on an island in the sea. Yeah. <laughs> and then the lighthouse is erected
1: on the various highest point of that island 75 feet up into the already when you're at the very top of that lighthouse i mean what a view but also terrifying christ stomach drop yes (laughs) yeah yeah well i'm christy i'm heather and let's get into it aylen moore is one of the seven islets off the coast of northwestern scotland known as the flannan isles or the seven hunters Of the seven islets, Island Moor has the spookiest reputation. For centuries, the isle had no permanent human inhabitants. Instead, it hosted visitors interested in seeing the 7th century ruins
0: of the Chapel of St. Flannan, said to be built by the saint himself. Yeah, it's super old and crumbly, which I think just gives it such a, you know, it's been there and it won't leave.
1: Isn't that most of Scotland and Ireland's, like, uh... On the moors, I feel like everything's old and crumbly. Everything's
0: been there for a long time? Yeah,
1: that's why it's so badass is it has a huge history. We don't have enough history
0: over here. Nothing's old enough to be cool. We just bulldoze anything that was built before 1982 (laughs) screw history.
1: Screw everything that came before it. We're we're building the coals. Yeah. Though farmers would happily let their sheep graze the plentiful grass, they never stayed past dark. The risk was worth it, though. As legend had it, that the sheep who grazed there healed from illnesses in the blink of an eye, or would go on to later birth twins. Author John Mitchell described the Flannon Isles in his work, The Flying Saucer Vision, saying,
0: The islands were thought of as kind of another world, haunted by supernatural creatures and the spirits of the dead. Probably the Flannon Islands were the islands of the dead, the place to which people were ferried and never returned.
1: In 1896, construction began on a lighthouse situated near Moore's highest point to prevent ships from wrecking into its jagged cliffs. Designed by lighthouse architect David Allen Stevenson, the structure was constructed under the purview of the Northern Lighthouse Board, or the NLB, the General Lighthouse Authority for Scotland and the Isle of Man. The rocky, steep terrain of the isle made the building process difficult, as materials had to be lugged from the water up 150-foot cliffs. In 1899, the lighthouse was finally completed, two years behind schedule,
0: and stood 75 feet tall on the northeastern side of the aisle. Yeah, they like built up little staircases, and then they Mm -hmm. also had kind of a crane system so they could pull stuff up, but still, it's windy as shit out there. That's not a job for the week
1: to get that shit up there. And the lighthouse was built out of stone because of the high winds and just the seas crashing into it and any i don't know that i think it'd be cool for a day this is one of those jobs that like i'd like to do it for a day just to see what it's like just
0: just crawl up in the lighthouse to be in a lighthouse
1: in the middle of a crazy storm going around you if you were safe in the lighthouse that's pretty epic
0: the the, if you were safe part, i think is the most important i'm not going
1: outside i'm staying in that
0: stone built lighthouse Stay up there so you can, you know, shake the balls out of the side. That's how you tell people you're in trouble. I saw on YouTube how some Tommy people— That's
1: Tommy tells people he's in trouble. Just, just shake of him uh, out
0: of the side. <laughs> of his balls out of the side of It's like, sir, this is a residential street. <laughs> um, the, oh uh, yeah, on YouTube there's people that you can, I, I, pay, I don't know if it's their boat or you can take a tour out there on a tour boat and just kind of drive up around the sides of it. And it's from the little boat on the ground. I mean, 150 feet is— mm-hmm tall listening to you know i was reading about it and i'm like that oh that seems pretty it's humongous oh, it's yeah. nuts and you ride your boat right up to it and think man you have to go to the landing and then sit there and walk up these man-made steps all the way up there you once my you get knees. up there you better be staying for six weeks because it's hard to yeah, get yeah i'm
1: not coming that i'm making it worth my while it hurts me to walk up one flight of stairs i'd have to be i'd ha, they'd have to get a crane somebody better be chasing me they gotta get a rope system pull pull me up With four keepers total, the lighthouse shifts were divided into six-week stretches, with at least one keeper rotating off for two weeks at a time. There were four hand-picked keepers assigned to Aylin Moore. The newest team member was second assistant keeper Thomas Marshall, who was just 28 years old. He worked alongside principal keeper James Ducat, a 43-year-old married father of four who had been keeping lighthouses for two decades. The married 40-year-old Donald MacArthur was only a part-time keeper and hand-picked up a shift for a fellow keeper who was on extended sick leave. MacArthur was described as tough, an old soldier who knew his way around the sea. The fourth keeper was Joseph Moore. telling you, don't pick up shifts for
0: people. It never
1: goes well. I've said it before and I'll say it again. If you are not scheduled to be at work, just stay home.
0: The universe doesn't want you to work. It doesn't
1: want you to go to work. You got to stay home.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's uh, it's what we always say in a lot of these sliding door situations. Of, mm-hmm. If only MacArthur had said, I don't think so. I'm good. Yeah.
1: The three on duty were all experienced and had been recommended specifically for the job by NLB superintendent Robert Muirhead. He needed highly qualified men for the high stakes role on the island, working with the newly built Lighthouse. Remote and desolate, the island was host to bouts of bad weather, exposure to the strong northwest Atlantic gale winds, and harbored an otherworldly reputation. According to his daughter, Anna, Ducat was hesitant to accept the post.
0: He said it was too dangerous and that he had a wife and four children dependent on him. Ducat was right. The time on the island would prove to be dangerous. Well, say, you think you're only going away for six weeks.
1: That's still a real long time. Yeah. But, yeah... I mean, it's, it's not too long. There's
0: light at the end of the tunnel. Well, and he's been doing it for 20 years. Mm-hmm. And you go like, yeah, this is the life. You've gone six weeks. I'll be back. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm.
1: With just three men alone on a small aisle for weeks at a time, the NLB implemented a backup system of sorts to monitor the Aylin Moore's lighthouse's function. The crew was to fire up the lighthouse on schedule. Should any troubles arise, the men were to hang balls or discs out each side of the tower on poles, projecting out from the lighthouse balcony. According to a report by Superintendent Muirhead, on December 7, 1900, James Ducat asked if the NLB would be willing to conduct a test in order to see how long it would take for the watchers at Galen Head, just 18 miles away, to notice something amiss with the lighthouse. Muirhead refused to subordinate's request, but Sadly for James, a test wouldn't be necessary. Soon it would become readily apparent just how much could go wrong on the island without anyone noticing for weeks.
0: Yeah. And I mean, they paid a guy on the other on G- Galenhead to just watch and say, you know, did it come on or not? And if it doesn't come on, tell somebody. That seems um, like an easy job. And I think he paid him a couple pounds a year, which back in 1900 was a lot. But uh, you know what? I'm a person who likes to be uh, vindicated. And in this case, James gets vindicated because they fucking should have tested. Too bad he wasn't around yeah. to
1: really reap the rewards of that feeling to of like, vindication.
0: I was so right.
1: <laughs> like, yeah, oh, I was right. Uh, oh, you know I what? wonder why he refused it. Again, it's another sliding door moment. Mm-hmm. If they had done it, perhaps, I don't know if it would have necessarily changed anything. But why didn't they do it is my question.
0: I wonder if it's just bureaucracy costs. You know, they're like, we don't want to have to sail over there. Talk to the guy. Tell him we, he telegraphs us back. I mean, they did have telegrams back then, so they mm-hmm. probably could have just sent for him to do it. But I don't know if it's just that idea of, I think, Superintendent Muirhead. <laughs> he's dead now. But lesson learned, man. If yeah. you listen to the guy with 20 years of experience jacking around on scary lighthouses, he probably knows what he's talking about.
1: And even if he doesn't placate
0: them that's a scary job that they're doing so and make sure all your ducks are in a row true because you're i mean and otherwise it's like how long what, how long do you think it would last out here before anyone came looking for us it's like probably the next shift which yeah. is too long but yeah, then it's too exactly. late exactly
1: how be prepared you know run some drills I, I like to i like to be prepared for all don't just have a plan you got to have executed the plan to see if it's going to work in the event that you need it
0: Also, you got to make sure when you're dangling those balls out the window that they're big enough for people to see. True. Yeah, because to me,
1: I'm thinking about what was that – early on we did that episode about the – Big silver balls somebody found in their oh, yard. Oh, that's mystery sphere. <laughs> that's that's what I'm imagining. It's just a bunch of those on in long the poles. Yeah, that are just like almost like this crazed wind chime. <laughs> this wind chime 150 feet up. In the, which One of those is, like at
0: the therapist's office where the balls hit on either end. I always wondered what the
1: point of those were. I liked them, but I don't know what what they're for.
0: It's just hypnosis, I think. It's to trick you into telling them your secrets. Oh, maybe, Oh, so just, is it calming? <laughs> I think it's so. calming. And maybe yeah. like distracting, maybe like one of those little Zen gardens you can put on your mm-hmm. desk and just comb through the, the sand.
1: I think if you're going to have a bunch of metal things and balls and discs hanging out of a lighthouse, you got to run a drill on that.
0: You know, you want to make sure that you can swing the balls where they need to go, when, and that the other people on the other side can receive the ball message.
1: Yeah, I think it's also flawed in that if something were to happen and you couldn't hang the, your balls out, how is the other person supposed to know something's going on? So what the real test is, every night, if, it has, if the lighthouse hasn't been lit, then Galen needs to
0: be like, we got to get somebody over there because something's up. I can't see light. I can't see balls. Send in the authorities. <laughs> Sinister Hood will be right back. Uh, the fastest way i'm learning to be more fashionable is i can i have reasonable clothes but when i pop on some jewelry some sexy little accessories suddenly i look, I look like a upscale lady
1: it elevates you yeah i love gold jewelry and ana luisa that's kind of their specialty. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it. I love all my rings, love all
0: my bracelets and all of my earrings. I feel so delicate and so fancy. And that's because Ana Luisa jewelry is made with you and the planet in mind. They are 100 percent carbon and water neutral and also just gorgeous. Their versatile designs are perfect to mix and
1: match and wear every day. The rings, bracelets and necklaces are luxurious and high quality, all at an incredible price.
0: That's right. The best part is Anna Luisa Jewelry starts at just $39. With our code CREEPY, you can get 40% off your order at shop.analuisa.com. So while you're getting yourself a new necklace, throw in one for your partner, your sister, your best friend, your mom, whoever. It doesn't matter. Just do it because you're getting 40% off anyway.
1: You got Valentine's coming up there, you go. And new jewelry collections are released every Friday. Head to shop.analuisa.com/creepy
0: to check them out. Get yourself and your loved ones the perfect gift with up to 40% off. Check out Ana Luisa at shop.analuisa.com/creepy. We know you'll love them. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp online therapy.
1: We talk about BetterHelp a lot on this show, and this month we're discussing some of the stigmas around mental health. We're both very open about mental health stuff that goes on with us. I take medicine. I do talk therapy. I do meditation to help
0: with mine. You have had a lot of success with BetterHelp, which is fantastic. I got matched with my BetterHelp counselor, and I love it because she's not even in Dallas, and so she's actually in Galveston. Um, in South Texas. And we were able to meet because of BetterHelp that if I had just, you know, wanted to go around the corner and see somebody, I would never have met her. And we are such a good match and such a good connection. And because I can uh, do video chats with her here in the studio, close the door, it's totally private. Uh, tell Paris, don't stick your ear up against the door. Right. I'm uh- talking about you. <laughs> talking about all of you. But I think when we first started the show, I did not go to therapy, and I do now because of BetterHelp because it is so convenient, and I have made such a good connection with my counselor. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to.
1: It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Give it a try and see why
0: over 2 million people have used BetterHelp Online Therapy. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and Sinisterhead listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash Sinister. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash Sinister. Have you ever questioned where your vitamins come from or how they're made? For instance, 90% of vitamin D on the shelf today comes from lanolin, which turns out is just a fancy word for sheep wool.
1: Plus, nearly 90% of Americans are nutrient deficient. There's a massive misconception that just because you eat healthy, your
0: body doesn't need anything extra. Gem is the first multivitamin. You don't take it, you eat it. These nutrient-dense bites are designed to replace your multivitamins and complicated supplement routines in a form your body understands and digests best. Whole food and no sheep wool.
1: Tommy ate the turmeric and I believe it's ginger one the other night that is Mm -hmm. for... um, uh, your immunity. immune system said it was good. Just this little bitty bite, the cherry and cocoa one. Oh yeah,
0: also very nice. Yeah, the daily essentials and the cacao are really good. And I had Leanne came over, and I was like, Hey, you want to try a bite? Which I, normally you don't offer your friends vitamins, you mm-hmm. know, when they come over. But here you go, have some. If you want to check out Jim and try their seasonal favorite citrus
1: ginger daily essential for yourself, we have a special offer for the Sinisterhood audience.
0: Go to www.gemvitamins.com creepy or enter creepy at checkout for 30% off your first order. That's G-E-M creepy for 30% off your first order. Thank you, Gem.
1: The early December shift change happened without incident. Ducat, MacArthur, and Marshall remained on duty, while the fourth keeper, James Moore, left the island to enjoy his fortnight off back on the mainland. Log entries allegedly entered by Marshall during mid-December,
0: paint a stormy picture, both on the sea and amongst the men. December 12th, gale, north by northwest, sea, lashed to flurry. Stormbound, 9 p.m., never seen such a storm. Everything shipshape. Ducat, irritable. 12 p.m., storm still raging, wind steady, stormbound, cannot go out. Ship past-sounding foghorn, could see light of cabin. Ducat, quiet, MacArthur, crying. December 13th. Storm continued through the night. Wind shifted west by northwest. Ducat quiet. MacArthur praying. Twelve noon, gray daylight. Me, Ducat, and MacArthur prayed. December 15th, 1 p.m. Storm ended. Sea calm. God is over all. Well, it sounds like they're having a blast. (laughs)
1: It's (laughs) just a happy sunshine time. They're like, Mitchell, what are you writing in the diary over there? Nothing.
0: MacArthur crying.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's putting uh, he's putting his <laughs> superiors on blast quite a bit. And why? If you're gonna make a note of that, make a note of why he was crying.
0: <laughs> Were you mean to him? Did you guys get? Did you Said, hurt his feelings? Insulted his overcoat. <laughs> MacArthur crying. <laughs> told him that told him that he could never beat me in an arm wrestling match. Mm, or uh, yeah, he did beat him. Damn. Yeah. I'll come out. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. You should write all these things in an official logbook. I don't
1: think this is what the logbook is for. This is what <laughs> a it, Mitchell, slam book is for. Did you ever have <laughs> slam books in
0: middle school? I had only heard of them. And if I if someone made one negatively about me, at least I don't know about it.
1: I remember that one went around in our middle school and it got taken up by the principal and we had to have like a, a, a assembly about the slam book. Was it just
0: mean things about people? like yeah. would it say like Heather fell down in the gym and farted or like or would it be like Heather's the dorkiest kid in school? like did you get think like, more like that? okay, like superlatives,
1: but I don't I don't think I ever read it, but I heard rumors of it, but yeah, I think it was more just like it would go around and people would just write shitty things about you in in like a spiral notebook
0: that's so mean when I it was- is,
1: yeah, nothing is good about that at all. Marshall MacArthur, whatever your <laughs> name <the> only, is. <laughs>
0: is oh, oh, Mitchell. I thought you were saying that you're the person at your school. I was like, oh, damn, you still remember. No, the who wrote girl the that made bus- it in my
1: school was named Kristen. I
0: still remember. Damn, Kristen. Uh, in third grade, we made my friends Ashley and Crystal, and I made a f- newsletter called ACH Incorporated. And we made the newsletter. What did ACH stand for? Ash, Ashley, Crystal, Heather. Oh, got it. And I can't remember quite exactly what it all said, but I do remember there was a list that, and let me just say, no offense to Ashley and Crystal, but they were flat chested. I was a chubby kid and I had like, I had to wear a little training bra Mm. and they were like, we're going to make a list in it that says people with maracas, which I guess meant like people who had tits. And we like made a list, including our... This was fifth grade. Not third grade. This was fifth grade because it was our science teacher, Mr. Shirley, which was me now that we pointed out that he did have maracas. But then when I wasn't there, they added me to the list and then distributed it. The last version I saw did not have myself listed on the list. Mm. And then I got I got bullied by my own co-bullies.
1: Yeah. well, It wasn't
0: wrong, though. I did have maracas. Still do, I mean, baby.
1: Did you learn a lesson? Yeah, don't be such a little shit.
0: Yeah, maybe do (laughs) do unto others as you wish they would do
1: unto yourself.
0: Yeah, don't be a little monster asshole.
1: (laughs) I remember in high school, what was it called when guys would write down, like, the perfect girl? It'd be like, you take Susan's hair, and then you take Kristen's tits, and blah, blah, blah. It was called something. Frankensteining. Yeah, that should be what it was called. I don't remember. It was... They did that? yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Oh no. I I know some of them. Rumor had it I was on there for my maracas, oh. but I never saw oh. I never Christy saw Wallace the list. So <laughs> you know I don't want to be on any of those lists, quite frankly, because no. that no. just means that you're just being. Which it was a whole thing. I blossomed early. Freshman year was a hard time for me. <laughs> there was a lot of eyes up here, and it was very uncomfortable. And like the '90s were a different time. Uh, Slut shaming was real... Like, now, like, if you just wore, like, a modest shirt people wouldn't be like you're just asking for your tits to get looked at you're like i'm wearing a boat neck like
0: yes three quarter length shirt how am i asking for that i'm not it's not my fault i have huge tits the circle part in the front's not cut out like no, i'm not asking for people to look i'm not to wearing something out. low cut like that was not even allowed Oh my god yeah that's yeah, the capacity for monstrous behavior it, interpersonal monstrous behavior is just like unfathomable with kids uh but you know what? Yeah, if they want your maracas, they gotta take all of you. They can't nitpick your maracas no. out of the You're yeah. a package deal. Maracas Thank and all.
1: You. Yes, Maracas and all. And also, Their list could be short. Everything, Christy. Oh, it wouldn't have never been because no one was that nice back then.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I
1: often think and maybe it's just because um the guys that I see now like through improv and stuff are so woke and respectful Mm -hmm. of of women that I don't know what they were like in high school, but it's hard for me to reconcile in my brain the type of like male friendships I have now versus the type I had in high school Mm -hmm. and how wildly different they were in terms of uh, respect, equality, all of that. And I wonder if... If it's more, um, like, chill now in in the schools, you know, with the use, Like, it's—I think because it's just a more woke generation that I would be. So I hope for that.
0: I hope so. I had my—three of my guy best friends, and we're all still in a group chat together, that we were all best friends in high school. I— love them because they always just treated me like an equal. It was never, they didn't ever pick on me. They would, this led to me being a fucking terrible wide receiver in flag football, but they were cool. Like they wouldn't say, Oh, Heather, you're a girl. You don't get to be on the team. They would let me be on the team. They fucking knew I sucked. Um, (laughs) They learned real quick. You got to pass me the ball and then I'll run with it. I cannot catch it. Um, But that is just my hand eye coordination. And then we all went on a camping trip together and it was me and like 15 guys. And I was like, so where's the bathroom? And they're like, we just like go in the woods. So I had to find a tree and I turned it into my own pissing tree. But it was hidden. I had to like find privacy. But it was it was truly it was truly <laughs> equal because they didn't say, "Oh, well, I guess you need special treatment, you loser." It was almost thoughtless in their
1: their right. equality. It was they were like, "You ignorance. have a penis, right? You can just yeah. go pee on the tree like the rest of us." They you didn't even stand that, up. They, they Didn't even think about it. Yeah, or you got to get one of those shiwi she-wee. sh- wees, which I have used.
0: Got to get shiwi. Didn't
1: go great. While well, some would look to these entries as possible clues as to what happened on the island, historians now believe the entries were falsified. Typically, each keeper was responsible for entering his own log notes during his shift. It would have been highly unusual for Marshall to be the only one writing down the day's events. Given that he was the youngest and least experienced of the three men, this made it even more unlikely. Additionally, log entries were used to document things like ships that were spotted and weather conditions. The notes were minimal. More like bullet points, and were just the facts. The notes allegedly made by Marshall were written more like a diary entry. The mention of his co-workers' moods was uncharacteristic, and could have even caused him problems with his superiors or the NLB. Though it is now accepted that these entries were written after the fact, the question of why still remains.
0: Yeah, the Mike Dash, who's the historian that's kind of dug into all these, thought that it was kind of from like a pulp magazine in mm-hmm. like the 20s or 30s that they may be trying to give a little spice to the story uh, because I think we had the same inclination as everyone who reads these where you go, really, man, this ain't a diary. You need to be like the sun r- rose at this time, it set right. at this time, this is when we lit the fire, this is what happened.
1: But if you didn't know that these were falsified, you would think, Oh, they are descending into madness, and we're seeing like the final days play out. So what mm-hmm. happened? Why, why is Ducat quiet? Why is MacArthur crying? Mm-hmm. What's going on? But yeah, I think it may have just been fodder for dramatics, making it more interesting. Mm-hmm. Around midnight on December 15th, the steamship Arctur sailed by the Isle. Captain Holman noted in his log that the lighthouse lamp wasn't lit. The captain's log said the weather was. Clear but stormy. Meaning he should have been able to see it. When he docked in Leith on
0: December 18th, he told others that the lighthouse had been dark. One, well, I guess it was clear enough that he could see it, even though it was dark, which is lucky, because otherwise you'd have crashed into the damn island. Right. <laughs> it's a big-ass rock jutting up out the ocean. And you know, it can be clear but
1: still stormy. Mm-hmm. You can, like, have some storm clouds above, but uh, it's not foggy or something. Yeah, it's breaking through. But that's the thing back then. Something happens on the fifteenth. People don't know for three days. You can't They're text just... somebody. You can't call anybody. You no. gotta wait till your ship arrives in in port.
0: Yeah, you're just like, well, make a note of it. We'll tell them when we land. <laughs>
1: She's like that's gonna be three days. they are like, well, yeah,
0: Godspeed, gentlemen.
1: I guess the other alternative is you stop and you go up the steps to see if you can find something.
0: But but you know, if you're supposed to be in Leith on the eighteenth, you can't waste a whole day.
1: Yeah. Jack or you the don't island. want to involve yourself in something that might be unsavory.
0: Mm-mm, but you probably monsters. just think,
1: oh, those idiots forgot to light the lamp.
0: Or you think, oh, the guy in Galenhead that's watching out, he'll write it down. He'll telegraph. Because oh, they had a fucking telegraph machine in Galenhead. Yeah. You'd be like, oh, he'll just telegraph. Like, I'm surely I'm not. This isn't my job. I'll let him know. But, like, somebody else is watching this. This phone tree collapsed very quickly. <laughs> <It> just crumbled. <laughs> crumbled like the church on the island. <laughs>
1: Joseph Moore was scheduled to relieve one of his fellow keepers on December 26, 1900. The Hesperus, a lighthouse tender ship whose purpose was to support and maintain the lighthouses, approached Aylen Moore with Moore on board. He was ready to begin his six-week stretch on the island. However, as the vessel got closer to shore, the men on board had a sinking feeling that something was badly wrong. First, there was no flag on the flagpole. It should have been hoisted to welcome the ship. Then they noticed that the lighthouse was unlit, and no one stirred as the Hesperus approached. When the captain blew the ship's steam whistle at full blast several times, the island remained eerily and uncharacteristically silent. Worried, the men fired off a rocket, hoping that would catch the keeper's attention. Still, nothing.
0: Yeah, back in the day, because you really, like you said, you couldn't text somebody and be like, "Hey, we're on our way." It's just like (laughs) on the twenty-sixth. Here, Yeah. yeah. Well, and also they're supposed to know on the 26th, they'll be here, which means checklist, hoist yes. the flag, like light the lighthouse, do this. So I, that's kind of, I mean, because you can't c- communicate, that's got to be a good gut punch when you walk mm-hmm. up and go, uh, either they're all drunk. Right. Or they've or all crying. fallen
1: to their desks or yes. so they're all crying over a failed, uh, arm wrestling competition. <laughs> If and then you're like, I guess I'll, I guess it's my shift. That's like walking into your retail job and like every, no, everything's missing. Phones are off the hook. The d- cash register drawers open, and you're like,
0: what's going on here? Hey guys, I yeah. guess I'll open mm-hmm. the store. <laughs> uh, now you're gonna face whatever they faced. Yep. More climbed the steps up the rocky,
1: jagged cliffs. Normally, his fellow keepers would be walking down to greet him, but this day. He was greeted only by the unsettling stillness of the island. According to his filed report, Moore started his search for the men in the living quarters. Walking up toward the lighthouse, he found the gate was unlocked, as was the door. The interior door was closed, as was the door to the storeroom. The door leading to the kitchen was left open. When he checked each man's room, he found their beds empty but made, just as they would have left them after waking up in the morning. The fireplace was unlit and still and looked as if it had not been used for quite some time. Even more unsettling, Moore discovered that all the clocks in the quarters had wound down and died days earlier. Word was sent back to the Hesperus that there was no sight of the men anywhere. It was as if they had simply vanished. An urgent telegram was sent to the secretary of the NLB. It hauntingly began. A dreadful accident has happened at Flannan's. You see that come across the wire. You're like, oh, God. Oh, <laughs> it's like when you can see just the first part of a Facebook message and you're like, I don't want to click on this and show that it's been read. This exactly. is about to be bad news. I don't want do dreadful
0: anything that comes after that. I'm not interested. Mm-hmm. No, thank you. Uh, no, thank you. Yeah, it's uh, looking at pictures of this place. It's freaky enough having a lighthouse up there and knowing there's a couple of people up there, but it's so much worse that it's a vanished... Uh, it's oh, not man. It's, that it's an empty lighthouse and empty living quarters and just... It's like a museum of And it's lives. like time
1: stood still. Yeah. Like, whenever the clocks wound down and no one was there to wind them back up, that's when everything stopped and you're just seeing... You're, like, looking into the past.
0: Mm-hmm. It's frozen in time. Mm-hmm.
1: As Moore poked around the island further, he came upon something strange... Ducat and Marshall's waterproof coats were missing. However, MacArthur's was still hanging on its peg. Temperatures on the island around that time of year could drop down into the 20s with extremely high winds and almost no structures around to block them. Venturing out into that weather not properly dressed was unheard of. I mean, MacArthur was inside crying while the other two guys. <laughs> he had were lost out. his arm wrestling competition. Apparently, MacArthur's coat was also not waterproof, like the oilskin coats like theirs. Mm-hmm. They just called it. His wearing coat, because mm-hmm. it was just kind of like a regular coat that, you know, a normie would wear, but for I don't know if they don't supply those things, or is you're responsible for bringing your own, but he didn't have them, so it was already dicey for him to go out in that type mm. of weather with his coat on, but to have nothing, something's got to like, you're in a huge hurry where you don't even have time to think about that. He's running out
0: fully nude. <laughs>
1: Just arms sore, he's I mean,
0: these men died, so it's not it's not a joke, but a thousand years ago. <laughs> uh, did they die though? Or yeah, are they I happy mean, somewhere else. Who's to say?
1: When more and crew members of the Hesperus explored the other parts of the island for any clue as to what may have happened, they discovered the west landing of the isle had been hit by a bad storm. Several iron railings from a tramway used to hoist things up the side of the cliff had been broken. A large stone boulder had fallen from above and had landed on the walkway. A box containing more ropes had been displaced and twisted from its tightly secured spot on the side of the cliff. Lastly, a life bowie, used in cases of emergency, was gone. The remaining ropes indicated that it had been ripped from its place by a force much stronger than man. Like a sea fairy. <laughs> like a giant kelpie. This has got to you're you're piecing things together now. You're like, oh, this doesn't look good. And they said the box of ropes was like wedged inside the side of the cliff in a really tight spot. So you, you it wouldn't have just fallen out. A light mm-hmm. gust isn't going to have that fall out.
0: No, it's uh, something wanted it to be out, whether it was a blue man or an earthquake or the ocean.
1: When Superintendent Muirhead interviewed the man assigned to watch the lighthouse for signs of trouble, he learned Ducat's request for a test run would have been helpful. The watcher confessed that indeed, he only saw the tower lit one time between December 7th and the 26th. Rather than immediately report this anomaly to the NLB as was protocol, the watcher instead made note of it but said nothing. The definition of you had one job. You dude, and not just once. (laughs) Was it not lit? It was only lit once in a 20, in a 19 day period? Yeah. Even if you you don't see balls, you
0: got to call it in.
1: Who's, and nobody's reading your notes, obviously.
0: No, he was supposed to telegram. Like he had, again, we lived this back then, there's a lot of protocol. Like nowadays, we have so many ways to communicate with people. Think you could kind of improvise. But back then, it was pretty much really, unless somebody is sitting at the damn telegram office, they don't know to expect. You know, you're not going to, mm-hmm. your message isn't going to get through. So, yeah, he had one single job. He was getting paid for it. This wasn't a volunteer position. And his job was to look at a thing and tell and raise your and hand. What, if something I, was wrong. Yeah.
1: I just wonder, why didn't you? After. Maybe the first time you're like, okay, that's probably just a quirk. The second mm. time, maybe even then, but the third time on to 19, at no, no point was it like, maybe something's wrong over there.
0: It's not my business what they're doing over on the lighthouse. <laughs> you're
1: like, but it is. They, they know what they're job. doing. He's an expert. <laughs> yes, if they want to cry and is not like the maybe lighthouse. He's dead. Yeah. Maybe he's fucking dead then, Carl. You're fired.
0: <laughs> Don't be mad at me. I didn't want to get in anyone's business.
1: Well, that's your whole job is to get in somebody's He's like, don't shoot the messenger. You are the messenger, buddy. I didn't see
0: the balls, so I didn't (laughs) say anything. Yeah.
1: Well, see, we should have run the test because maybe Mm -hmm. the balls, maybe they had the balls out and nobody saw the balls.
0: Or you go, you got to do a test. Light with balls. Light, no balls. No light, no balls. And you have to establish what each thing means. Mm -hmm. And then you also go, hey, if nothing at all happens, we all got fucking killed. Help. That would be the last (laughs) thing on the list. Yeah.
1: You gotta have codes, yeah. There's yeah. a list. Of you and you have like, um, what is it, uh, a cardinal? What is it called on a map? Where oh it's, yeah, like
0: a ma- like, yeah huh? What
1: is it when you're the? It tells you what the symbols mean for stuff. Like,
0: Ugh. damn it. Like a legend? Maybe
1: that's what I'm thinking. Legend
0: of. Legend will say like this equals that. Like this symbol means this. Yes, yes.
1: Like this is a mountain. This triangle means mountain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you need a legend for all your codes.
0: Mm-hmm. And also err on the side of they might be dead you send someone out there
1: i think always err on that side (laughs) they are not at a four-star resort where like things are great and people are taking care this is a known dangerous job yeah if something looks unusual see something say something
0: honestly that's his whole job also this giant i mean the the mountain not the mountain the island really is like less than a mile it's like 0.7 square miles um It's the peak of an underwater mountain. Like, think about (laughs) how treacherous that is. Also, it's one of the windiest... It's near one of the windiest areas in the whole world. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, if you don't see movement, the assumption is some shit has happened. Yeah.
1: If Tommy goes to work in an office, and I don't hear from him for a couple hours, I don't... Well, I do assume the worst because of anxiety. (laughs) But most people wouldn't. But if his job was to be manning top of a lighthouse in one of the most dangerous areas in the world i would be like you know what i haven't heard for a minute something's probably happened
0: yeah, at least check in once a day yeah and also i hope the nlb took this man's pounds away like you don't deserve mm-hmm. you don't you didn't earn it you didn't do the work no no
1: piecing together information from the logbooks the way in which the living quarters were found and reports from passing ships it was determined the keepers had gone missing on december 20th this date was later changed to December 15th. Specifically, it is believed whatever tragedy occurred happened between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. on December
0: 15th. Eerie, man, because like they said, the lighthouse didn't get lit. Before, like, it was only one time between the 7th and the 26th. So there was some ongoing. I mean, after the 15th, clearly, that's why. But why Why would it only get lit a few times before that? And also, no one said anything.
1: <laughs> yeah. And why didn't it get lit on their side? You got three mm-hmm. guys, that that's their only your only job. Mm-hmm. I think the keeper or the the person
0: watching. I don't think
1: he was watching at all.
0: No, I don't think he had good notes. I don't think he, don't think he
1: knows how many times that thing was lit. No. It could have been lit a lot of times, and he <laughs> maybe he just wasn't showing up. And he's like, I don't know, like one time is is when it was lit. <laughs> like we
0: really need you to answer. With some authority, and he's yeah, like, "Yeah, yeah, like, yeah." You yeah, should have once.
1: said it was lit every time. If you're going to falsify these reports, like, don't implicate yourself that you weren't <laughs> doing your job. But it is weird that. So if they went missing on the fifteenth, and they say nine a.m. because the last documented that they can credibly say was their log entry was at nine a.m., and then I think again at one p.m. Maybe that's right. So what was going on? The seventh through the fifteenth, we couldn't light the lighthouse
0: because all of our arms were tired from arm wrestling.
1: (laughs) What if? What if we can't climb? The one time that the guy saw it lit was after the fifteenth.
0: Even creepier. Probably was. It was. Mm. I have my theory, and they maybe they're out there. Who knows? Playing with the lighthouse. I have my theory too, and it's not very. It's not very. (laughs) Well, we'll save it. Sinister Hood will be right back. If
1: you love a good whodunit mystery, then you'll love the game June's Journey. You play as June Parker, an amateur detective investigating a series of mysteries full of twists and turns around every corner.
0: You'll put your powers of observation to the test, sharpen your sleuthing skills, and relish the thrill of solving the case.
1: You'll search for hidden clues to solve mystery after mystery across thousands of vivid scenes. And with new chapters every week, there's always a new case waiting to be cracked.
0: I love June's journey because I I feel like it, you know, helps me work on my memory because Mm -hmm. you get the same scene, but then different things will be in different spots. And then later on, it's the same scene. And then things from before are now there. It's hard to explain, but it's very fun because I feel like I really you're more attention to detail and I'm more big picture. And this helps me like I really have to pay attention to detail. And then in between, you have the scenes where you're trying to help the overall mystery. Perhaps
1: because I'm more big picture. My question is, what's up with that uncle? Dude, shady,
0: shady, as shady book. So you start to get all these uh, these hints in here. And then I think I think I'm on the cusp. But it's a good way to kind of hang out and relax because, you know, we solve crimes for the show. Just kidding. We don't solve shit yet. But it's fun to solve a crime in the comfort of my own home, my jamies. Mm-hmm. There's a detective in all of us. Find your inner detective. Download June's Journey free today on the Apple App Store or Google Play. Finding and booking a doctor who's right for you doesn't need to be a terrible experience. Will they take your insurance? Will they understand your needs? Will they be available when you can see them? With ZocDoc, the answer can be a refreshingly pain-free yes. I actually used ZocDoc uh, even years ago to uh, find my primary care physician. I had a couple of requirements that I wanted them to be close. Um, I wanted them to obviously take my insurance. And it was important to me to find a female doctor to help me with all my health things. And I was able to find mine and book the appointment. could also make sure they weren't, uh, you know, Uh, they were treating people right with all the reviews. So it's uh, worked for me. Nice. ZocDoc is a free app that shows
1: you doctors who are patient reviewed, take your insurance and are available when you need them. Plus you can use the patient verified reviews to see what other real humans had to say about their visit.
0: In the chaotic world of healthcare, let ZocDoc be your trusted guide to find a quality doctor in a way that's surprisingly pain-free. With ZocDoc, you can get your docs in a row. Wow.
1: Go to ZocDoc.com slash creepy and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then start your search for a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours.
0: That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash creepy. ZocDoc slash creepy. What happened to the
1: three keepers remains a mystery to this day. Some believe they were forced off the island by pirates. Did the men unearth something that didn't belong to them that had been buried on the isle long ago? Perhaps someone returned for
0: their treasure and left with more than just a chest of gold. Or the pirates drove by, they stopped on the island, shit went down. Are you about to tell us the plot of The Vanishing again? (laughs) Is that what this is? (laughs) I'm just saying,
1: check it out. Others believe supernatural forces are to blame. According to Timberbush Tours, Kelpies are shape-shifting water demons who often appear in the form of a horse or a human. These monsters will stand by the water in order to lure humans to climb onto their backs. Once the Kelpie has been mounted, its sticky hide traps its prey, and the Kelpie walks into the water, drowning its victim before devouring it. Let me just say,
0: this happened to my dad in Mexico. Your dad got taken by a Kelpie? (laughs) We went on this horse ride, this horseback ride. Is that what you call it? Not a horse ride. We went horseback riding on the beach when I was a kid. I was probably like, I don't know, 10 eight or ten and the horse that my dad got just started to wander into the ocean Uh-oh. and <laughs> he was he had, he was done <laughs> he was like uh is this supposed to be doing this and the guy running the tours was like oh no just all you have to do is just you know uh have it go over here just direct it And my dad's like today's the first day i've been on a horse i don't how am i supposed to <laughs> and then he just kept going until so he's like smaller and smaller i mean it was up to the horse's chest and dad was like Giddy that horse up. wanted to swim and just be made it out. But and eventually, he just st- had <laughs> had enough swim and got a turn around and went out. The horse was like, Feels good, and we're back. Uh, we he, he was fine eventually. But the when you look up kind of what the Kelpies look like, which, like a, they're shape shifters, so some of them look like horses. I'm like, First of all, he, we were on the horse because it was part of a horseback ride, it was with the resort. But if you just see who's just going and mounting a random horse they see by the water. That's where the not yours. No, no, that's where i w- you've gone I would wrong. assume
1: it was a wild horse and probably didn't want to be mounted. <laughs> so I'm staying away from it.
0: Yeah. The Kelpie's like, come on, get on top.
1: I also imagine they don't look like a normal horse, like your typical horse. So if I see something that's kind of a horse, but I'm still not entirely sure by the ocean, mm-hmm. don't just leave it. It's not We've, for you.
0: You see Blucifer. <laughs>
1: I am mounting him from the front. <laughs> I'm mounting him from below. Just kidding. That makes it sound like I want to have sex with that horse, and I do not.
0: <laughs> I wasn't going to elaborate. I was like, "You, whatever. I'm not here to shame anybody. Kelpies can also
1: appear as attractive women luring victims to their death. The aquatic creatures can also summon enormous waves that can sweep sailors overboard and wash anyone on the shores away into the dark sea. When Kelpies enter the water, according to Historic UK, the sound is like that of thunder. Were the storms detailed in the keepers' logs genuine acts of nature? Or were the Kelpies emerging from the deep to suck the three keepers into their watery graves? About to get you. According to the Encyclopedia of Fairies in World Folklore and Mythology... What an encyclopedia that is. It's great. (laughs) Blue men of the Minch are blue-skinned fairies who live in underwater caves in an area known as the Blue Man's Stream and the Current of Destruction. The Minch is the waterway between mainland Scotland and the Outer Hebrides. In Wonder Tales from Scottish Myth and Legend, author Donald McKenzie reports that these human-sized creatures swim around in blue caps with gray faces and long, restless arms. During raging winter storms, the blue men swim with their heads above the water, splashing on the water's surface, causing huge waves. All I can think of is Tobias Funke. All I can think of is the blue man group, and I'm like, this seems Thanks. like some shit they would do.
0: <laughs> I blew myself. Yeah. Uh, they're they're just spitting marshmallows onto the island. Uh-huh. I saw them in Vegas once. It was cool. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I saw them in uh, Chicago. It was... Nice. I,
1: it was very impressive. It, super impressive. Yes. Very, very, very impressive. I will say if they got restless arms and everybody at that lighthouse is all about arm wrestling, <laughs> did they show up and they're like, y'all want to go? Let's go toe to toe. And then it was
0: like a showdown. MacArthur was crying because he won the first and <laughs> because lost the Because the blue man <laughs> stripped him of his dignity. <laughs> it all came down to a final. Tournament. Headed up by the chief,
1: the blue men would attack ships that passed through their waters. With the blue men at the ready, the chief would shout to the boat's skipper two lines of poetry. According to wonder tales from Scottish myth and legend, if the skipper did not reply with two lines completing the verse, the blue men would descend on the crew and their ship, capsizing the boat and killing those aboard. Did these cerulean sea gentlemen approach the three keepers of Moor? And challenge them with a rhyme, were the keepers caught unprepared, and did their loss of words leave them lost forever to a watery demise? It's an improv game. <laughs> Say two lines and complete it type of thing. <laughs> Pretty much, or improv.
0: kill kill someone if they don't do well in your scene. Well, that's how every improv show yeah. ends. I don't know if mm-hmm. you guys know that, but if you have a bad show, they kill you backstage. They afterwards. do. Yeah, we back. have. Uh, luckily, we're we're riding high. We've only had good shows.
1: <laughs> no matter but what. But it is, uh, it's dicey. We have to kiss our children and loved ones goodbye every time oh, we yeah. leave for the make comedy sure club. make sure your will is updated because
0: <laughs> it could be the last. But yeah, I mean, if the, it's kind of, it makes me think of the, uh, like the Irish drinking game game that's on, like, Whose Line Is It Anyway? And I've played that in some mm-hmm. musical improv classes where you sing two lines and then the next person has yeah. to sing. That is an elimination game. That's that is. why yeah. it was invented was because of the Blue Men. Maybe. The Blue Man group.
1: The job of a lighthouse keeper is not for the faint of heart. Isolation, dangerous weather conditions, loneliness, and boredom can wreak mental and physical havoc on the unprepared. Is it possible one of the men snapped, killed his fellow keepers, and then himself? With the rough sea at their disposal, it would have been easy to dump a body and let Mother Nature take care of the rest. MacArthur was known as a A lusty, fearless brawler. After weeks of being cooped up with the same company, did he lose his temper and commit the unthinkable? Perhaps, but unlikely. There was no evidence of a fight, no broken chairs or plates, nothing out of place, and nothing that it could have possibly been used as a weapon was missing.
0: Yeah, and I wonder like, where, unless somebody drove by and gave him a ride, uh, you know, where he would have gone if he off the other two. I think,
1: I think in this, if this scenario, I'm thinking, kill with your hands. Mm-hmm clean up everything so uh-huh. it doesn't look like anything happened. You toss the bodies over and then not being able to live with yourself and also how are you going to explain something? I guess True. you could just say oh they just fell over. Uh-huh. But maybe more the guilt than he threw himself over the edge. In this in this theory, which is not the one that I uh think happened, but if I were uh, if I were going to say what I think happened in this, I think that's what it would
0: be. So my my brain went to escape, but that's a different kind of it.
1: Or, but if it was escape, perhaps somebody, yeah, maybe a ship passing by, he flagged him down and hopped on board.
0: Yeah, or you jump the life buoy and then you, the ship sees you out there and that's risky though. Yeah, I don't know what the fisherman's
1: code is. Do you ask no questions? You just pick him up and you're like, I'm not going to ask about where your fellow keepers are. We're just going to keep on sailing.
0: They shout a rhyme at you, and if you rhyme back, they give you a ride. They can't ask questions.
1: Historian Mike Dash analyzed the incident and available evidence in his piece, The Vanishing Lighthouseman of Aileen Moore. Based on his research, he concluded that Mitchell's supposed logs were allegedly falsified. He also concluded that the most likely scenario was simply weather. With the two jackets missing, the assumption is two men ran out first. Hearing trouble, the third ran to assist them without grabbing his coat. While some believe the men were tossed off the cliff by a strong wind, Superintendent Muirhead
0: disagreed, writing in his report, I'm of the opinion, notwithstanding its great force, that the more probable explanation is that they've been washed away, as had the wind caught them, it would, from its direction, have blown them up the island.
1: That's a a wind
0: that picks a grown man up and just tosses them willy-nilly hadn't had a wind like that since Chicago. And I yeah. think this is probably a lot worse. But it could I mean it like pushes you over. It'll push you oh, to yeah. the side. And or... there's
1: nothing to block you. You're mm-hmm. on the top of a of a cliff. So mm-hmm. it's just yeah, there's no no buildings or anything to like block that. The um I from where the wind would have blown though, they're saying at some point the men could have thrown themselves down to the ground mm-hmm. or would have landed before being tossed right over the edge.
0: Yeah, I guess unless they were looking over the edge, feet on the cliff and mm-hmm. then the wind came. But I think from where they they should have been, probably they would have just got knocked to the ground.
1: If not wind, then perhaps a giant wave. However, if the keepers were nearly 150 feet above sea level, how would a wave possibly catch them? Easily, according to Dash, who reviewed photographs taken by a later keeper in the 1950s. This keeper claimed,
0: even the lamp house 300 feet up can be splashed with spray.
1: And to prove it, he took a camera out and photographed waves as high as 200 feet above sea level. The North Atlantic gales cause extremely windy conditions. The nearby butt of Lewis has been called the windiest place in the UK by the Guinness Book of World Records.
0: Yeah, it is,
1: and that was put in there specifically so Heather could just
0: have said, "Yeah, it is." <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I mean, it is. It it should be noted that it is an extremely windy part, and there's none windier than a butt. That's of true. Lewis. That's so scary to be that high up.
1: And the, you're getting sprayed with water from below. A, mm-hmm. a wave can we- reach you that high up. Tsunamis and big-ass waves and ocean stuff, it gets me. And yeah. to think of, like, you're just up on this cliff and a
0: fucking wave comes up and just washes you over. You just get sucked in by the, you know, the ocean. doesn't give a fuck. It doesn't no, care how, how tall the you are or where, you nature, know, how high up. Everybody's equal in her eyes. You did not give a fuck who you are. No, it's coming to get you. Uh, but you're right. I think you, you think, like I said, from the, the video I saw people boating around it, you think, that's so high up. Mm-hmm. The water down here could never go that high. But This guy that was on there in the 50s was like, I've seen some shit.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and,
0: and then she's
1: like, I'm putting in for a change of, of scenery. <laughs> like, get the fuck out, dude. You already know it's possible. Get out. Now you have the proof.
0: There's certain places where people aren't meant to be, and that that this I is think one this of them. this is one of them. Yeah.
1: So You know, I mean, well, they do what they needed to do, but at the time, you didn't have the technology, so somebody mm-hmm. had to physically light the lamp, and you were taking one for the team. It was a heroic
0: position to be like, I'm going to risk life and limb to protect others. And if you've watched the movie The Lighthouse, it was not an easy job. A lot of <laughs> farting. A really? lot of farting
1: <laughs> well the butt of Lewis isn't the only Wendy place apparently willem Defoe and Robert Pattinson Pattinson Pattinson, Pattinson yeah, yeah um Harry Potter right
0: no he's uh that's Daniel Radcliffe. Oh, he's the Twilight. Twilight guy yeah. yeah um there was so much farting in that movie I it was unreal. And also, you're like,
1: why did you put this much farting it in? It was so much farting. Into and, this black and white film. And he's like,
0: why'd you spill your beans, boy? He says, <laughs> why'd you spill your beans a lot? It's it's great. Um, but I, we were, I don't think we, it's a comedy, right? Because you're talking about it like it's a comedy. Uh, but I no. think it's like a really dramatic film. It was. Um, the best part is that we went to go see it at the Angelica, which is kind of an artsy theater. Mm-hmm. And it was maybe like, this was way back, because this was pre-pandemic. It was like right when it came out, and we saw it. And there was maybe like 10 other people in the whole theater. I was the only one that was laughing.
1: Um, I can't believe you openly laughed at that movie. <laughs> he farted so many times.
0: It's hilarious.
1: I, yeah. I don't think it's, um. that's <laughs> like, um. you making out in Schindler's List <laughs> equivalent.
0: <laughs> I would never, but I did laugh at the lighthouse. Well... Many times. I have not seen it. Um I recommend it. It's I, weird. It's a journey.
1: Uh, Tommy wants to watch it, so I'll watch it. Yeah. I like it's a good like name. indie film art house film,
0: so so Oh and it's A twenty four. Paris loves anything A twenty four puts out. So yeah. it's again it's very well made.
1: With enormous waves and unrelenting winds, what possessed the men to head out to the cliffs and seal their fate? They were extremely skilled, handpicked by the superintendent for the dangerous assignment. With decades of experience, were they merely acting on impulse, running out to secure the buoys, or were they called to the cliffs by something more sinister? So, years later, the Ducat's um, daughter also said the men had recently been fined for not securing some of the equipment to railings and things, and her theory was that the storm hit her dad and one of the and the other went out to not because they were concerned about the um, equipment as much as they didn't want to get fined again. And then that's when shit went down.
0: Bureaucracy takes another life.
1: Mm. In 2018, a film adaptation of the events was released, written by Celand Jones and Joe Bone. The film, starring Gerard Butler. Received generally favorable reviews and depicted the three lighthouse keepers' descents into madness as they encounter uninvited visitors on the island.
0: Joe Bone knows how to write a movie. Let me Does just he? Say. Yeah, I was. I said. I told you last night. I was actually physically nervous as I watched it. Those are those are good movies. There's a lot of tension of like who knows what do they know? They set up scenes and you're. It's like mm. and then somebody just rips ass and you lost it. <laughs> In the middle and of like it.
1: that's the butt of Lewis was there any farting in this one? there
0: was a there was an offensive lack of flatulence oh, in man. the vanishing that's my complaint if you're it's gonna make a movie about accurate. a lighthouse fart you gotta fill it with farts especially if it's a lighthouse near the butt of Lewis that's true
1: yeah uh and they're eating like boiled potatoes and mutton I feel like that's
0: those are gassy foods you know it's fart City in the lighthouse. With Willem Dafoe, it's, they just eat beans constantly. So there's that. I mean... Just out kind of the can? Just canned beans? Well, yeah, then you're going to be... I just feel your beans. ...farting <laughs> so. constantly.
1: From Hollywood to Scotland, theories abound as to what could have happened that fateful December day that caused three men to seemingly vanish into thin air. The lighthouse on Alien Moore was automated in 1971, eliminating the need for full-time keepers. Those who worked on the island between the loss of the three keepers and the lighthouse's automation reported strange happenings. In addition to a generally eerie feeling, they reportedly heard the missing keepers' names whispered in the wind. But the story of what actually happened that day remains
0: unheard. That would be pretty eerie when you don't know what happened. And even if you think, well, most likely scenario, they just got sucked over the cliff. Uh, you could be next?
1: Yeah. The, the names and the winds are the least of my concerns because (laughs) you can, you can hear all sorts of stuff in the wind. You can, man, when you, I remember when uh, Ella was first born and I'd be up in the night feeding her and that breast pump was going and the noise it would make, you would hear like full on sentences. That thing would be talking to you. Like just like Mm -hmm. you start to become like almost delusional and you hear it. And if you're sleep deprived and it's windy like that. But like you said, the thing you need to be more concerned in is that the the winds are super strong and high powered.
0: They're gonna take you out. They're gonna the, <laughs> the waves take can your be ass over the cliff, three hundred feet, and suck you in. God. So what do we think? Well, clearly it was the blue men. The blue men of the Minch. Uh, I think you know. I mean, the boring answer is probably the, you know, they there was a big wave. But it, my thing's like, why were you out there? I get it. If you were going to get fined, it is very sad. If they all perished because of some rule, I wouldn't be surprised. But I would hope that they were out there because, you know, of something more important than uh, something silly like a fine. That's not really, you know, unless one guy was uh, they tried to save him or something. But I think that's sad if that's why they were out there.
1: Even if they were out there just to secure stuff so it didn't get blown away. I mean, that's part of their job. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I think they were doing their job and Mother Nature was doing hers.
0: Yeah, that's true. I mean, and I wonder if you think, well, you know, I've done this for 20 years and I've been in winds like this before. And it's just one of those black swan out of the nowhere giant ass wave that. Otherwise, you know, you've said, oh, I've seen big waves out here before, but nothing that big. Well, then today is the one the mm-hmm. one time is the one time you challenge it. And that's uh, I mean, they took the risk. I mean, you know, he thought it was super risky and he wasn't wrong. But it would have been I don't know that it would have even mattered then if the the guy that was supposed to be paying attention, you know, rung a bell before right. 10 days later or whatever. No,
1: I think they would have just found out earlier.
0: I don't think anyone was going to have saved them. Yeah, I think uh it's that's mo- the most likely scenario and then I think especially given the uh it it does sound spookier to say oh they were crying he was silent the storm came now everything's fine after the storm but they were you know to give that i guess color to it or that flavor to it but Mike dash was a very, he's got a lot of footnotes in his report. He does. <laughs> he's like, the, for the following the reasons.
1: report is 38 pages.
0: 15 of that is actual article, and the rest are footnotes. Oh, yeah. I love it. it I wild. love all the citations. <laughs> so uh, I'd like a person who's like, you guys think this was a fairy? Let me tell you why it was a wave. Fuck you. Here's a paper about it. I think that it can
1: often be disrespectful to the families if later they're like, we're going to make this sound interesting and spooky by saying this and you're like well but the reality is my dad died because he got thrown over a cliff like that's spooky enough for me you don't need to go in and like spice things up but dash said uh because like the code had been left on the peg and stuff that the two men went out he thinks one of them was taken by the wave the other guy then ran back up to the living quarters and yelled for uh marshall to come out he just runs out and then they try and throw um, something to their comrade, to which I think at that point you're just you're doing it because that's what you what you what you got to do. And then they were
0: both taken as well. But man, what a uh, scary way to go! Mm-hmm. I mean, you try to hold out hope and think maybe we could save him. Uh, but I think you're right too, saying oh well, MacArthur he was surly and liked to fight, and maybe he murdered everyone when. That like you said, this they still lost a guy, and yeah, he, he and he if that's your dad or your husband you're for like, somebody,
1: you're like, I don't want that reputation of my lost loved one to be going around out there that he
0: was the reason for this. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. So that's a I loved learning about the it was interesting Scottish lore, especially the different mythical creatures and fairies, mm-hmm. and it's interesting because you know those things evolve because of what folks see out when they're out you know, sailoring. they're doing Mm -hmm. sailor and stuff. So uh, freaky to me to imagine what the fuck they actually saw that had a blue face and long gray restless arms. Mm. Fucking octopus, probably. Mm -hmm. That's what they got squitted. Crazy dolphin. Cephalopod. Yeah, something (laughs) like that. Took them out, so.
1: Yeah, well, if you're from this area or you've ever been and you've got some pics, I would love to see some pics because Scotland, Ireland, those are my two... Big bucket list places right now, so
0: mm-hmm.
1: I want to. I want to go. I want to go to the Isle of Man and take a little boat and see all of this and see just see what's going on. But for now, I'll just um, watch the lighthouse and keep track of how many farts are uh, are <laughs> they recorded
0: out of, coming out of the
1: butt of Lewis. <laughs> Speaking of butts. <laughs> We <laughs> probably are gonna make jokes about farts or well, something. You can see at our, our buttons shows. You could also see our butt. I mean, we will be wearing pants. Yes. But our butts are inside of them. Yep. But on February twenty fifth, we have a double header at Dallas Comedy Club. We got the cult at seven thirty, and then we
0: got hot dish. At nine, so make an evening of it. It'll be so much fun. Uh, in both of, well, in the, the cult, we're also accompanied by Gerald, which is another really funny mm-hmm. troupe. And then Hot Dish is going to be me and Christy and then a uh, a whole mixed bag of performers I from DCC. I think Tommy's in it. Oh, Tommy's in it too? I think so. Hell yeah. I think Nick's in so. it. I think so. I think because we have the cult before, I think several of us are in it. Yeah. So it is going to be a fun time. Go to sinisterhead.com, live shows, slash live shows, or there's a button at the top and uh, you can get links to get your tickets. Mm hmm.
1: We love providing Sinister to you at no cost. So if you like what you hear, consider supporting the show by donating to our Patreon. We're a small operation. Creating the show for you by researching, writing, recording, and producing it ourselves.
0: Any amount is sincerely appreciated and helps offset the cost of making and hosting the show. As a thank you, you'll also get some sweet perks like ad-free episodes, a Sinisterhood sticker, membership to our exclusive Patreon Facebook group for those ruling the airwaves and getting into it tiers, special shout-out on the show, monthly bonus mini So This month, we did an update on Havana Syndrome, uh, and also patron-exclusive video and audio content, including Am I the Asshole? We have Relationship Advice, Dear Sinister, Judge Christie, Unpopular Opinions, all kinds of segments. We also are doing, uh, it, Fridays in February, we're doing Docuary, so we're going to watch a doc- documentary each week. This week it's Hands on a Hard Body and then Fridays at 12:30 Central we're going to go live on Crowdcast. Just have like a fun little discussion about what we watched, what we liked, didn't like. You can uh, watch questions. along with us. So yep. there's no spoilers. Yes, But there will be spoilers in the discussion. You're coming into it knowing it could be spoiled for you. We're assuming that you've seen it. Um, And then we're going to watch, and that'll just be a discussion, but on February 10th at 8 p.m. Central, we're doing our Valentine's Day version of our Hallmark After Dark. We did it in December and watched a Hallmark Christmas movie. Had the movie on screen, so you watched it with us. We're going to do the same thing uh, this time. So we we will know what movie we're going to watch, but we will not have seen it. So we're just going to riff on the movie um, and just improvise. And we just had the best, most hilarious time I last time. I still think time. about that movie. So if someone was so nice, someone said they listened to it as like a mm-hmm. re- relaxation thing in the background, which I thought was very lovely. Yeah, I'm very excited for all these things
1: in February. Oh, I've, yeah. And I picked four documentaries that I I think are um, universally well received. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I have never seen them. So I'm excited to see them and talk about them. And I like that you picked a smattering of uh, subject matter. I try to. It's all just true crime, so I appreciate that as well. You also now have the fun perk of access to our Discord server, where you can connect with other fans in real time and discuss the latest in true crime, share personal ghost stories, or just post adorable pictures of your pets. We hop on occasionally, and we also host monthly Q&As on Crowdcast, where you can ask
0: us all your burning questions. For patrons not in the U.S., you now have the option to pay in pounds or euros, saving you the cost of the conversion fee Annual memberships for all tiers are also now available. You should totally do it. It's the best option because when you select this tier, you are rewarded with a free month of membership.
1: For more details on all of this and specific member tiers, visit Sinisterhood.com and click Patreon on the
0: top banner. And Make sure you stick around after our sign-offs to hear your shout-out. So many of you have been tagging us in pictures of you sporting your sweet Sinisterhood merch. Keep those pictures coming. We had a whole thread today in the Patreon Facebook group of folks talking about wearing their Sinisterhood stuff in public and um hoping to be uh, recognized by a fellow fan. Uh, oh, some some have had that luck, others not so much. You know what? It's your unicorn. You don't don't give up. We're flying under the radar, but that's okay. (laughs) Uh, If you want to get some cool Sinisterhood swag, like T-shirts, mugs, totes, and even clothes for your kiddos, so then the other kids at school that listen will be able to recognize Mm -hmm. them, Uh, visit Sinisterhood.com and click on Shop in the top banner. The best thing you can do to help us grow is like, review,
1: and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please tell a friend who you think would like us to check us out. It means so much to us and really helps podcasts like us get more
0: exposure. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Pod, and like us on Facebook at Sinisterhood. Christy, where are you on the computer? I am on Twitter at Christy or GTFO and on Instagram at Christy M. Wallace. Heather? I am on Twitter at MCK vs. the World and I share the dankest lighthouse memes on Instagram at Heather vs. the World. As always, the devil rules the airwaves. Keep it creepy. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for supporting the show on Patreon. Here are your special Patreon shout outs. Kristen Powell Antris. Jennifer Smith. Julia Zabrowski. Lisa M. Marissa Cole. Megan Schmidt.
1: Alex Norm. Love you. Anissa Fortner. Tara Kroom. Sam Adler. Ashley Williams. Allie Ray, Katie Hill. Brett Van VanBlercom. Rachel Clemente. Jen Spadig. Abby Bentley.
0: Robin Mahoney. Daviana Roberts, H. Bliss, Daisha Carter, Casey Montre, Jesse Thoman, Kristen Miller, Kirsten,
1: Mandy Walker, Sarah Parga, Kristen McKinney, Bailey Matheson, Brett Swinson, Swinson, Cassandra, Maddie Hamilton, Kelly Young, and Zombie Autobot. Thank you guys so much for supporting the show. We couldn't do this without you. We hope we got your names right. Stay safe, stay healthy, and keep it creepy. <laughs>
0: Sinister.